0: Welcome to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellotto, Kim, hey, we've got a very special guest on tap today, the newly elected Railroad Commissioner, Wayne Christian. We also have one of our resident energy experts and associate editor for Shale Magazine, David Blackman. David's going to join us here in a bit, but first, Kim, let's talk about Citizens for LNG and Energy Day coming up on February 22nd. But before you start talking about that, let's talk about the board you were just elected to.
1: Oh, Alvin, I'm so excited to have been appointed and elected to the WIN, which stands for Women's Energy Network. It's a national uh, women's organization that focuses on energy. And I was elected to their board. Um, I sit as the community development director. And I just couldn't be prouder because, you know, what we do is advertising and promotions. And for us to be uh, allowed, Shell Magazine and in the Old Patch Radio Show, to help this group of women grow their message and their brand. You know, they do so much. They give out money in the community for women, uh, college students. They do wine and cheese sampling that raises money. They basically are an amazing group of professional women that just all year long work uh, tirelessly uh, and volunteer to give so much back to the community. And they also have a foundation. So they give out scholarships. And so my job is to, uh, as the community, organizer, um, help them grow that message. And so anybody that's listening, if you have uh, an event or you think that uh, Wynn would work well in a partnership, you're free to contact me. Uh, they can go to shellmag.com. And uh, we always want to be on the lookout of events that we can partner with uh, with pe- folks in, in the Houston area.
0: Well, Wynn's a great group of women that, that have sh- literally shattered the glass ceiling.
1: True. And, you know, they've been around and this is when, you know, it's a great organization is when, you know, one or two years, you're barely getting your feet wet. And that's if you last that long. Right. This group is one of the very few 501 C three and sixes, meaning it's charity. It's not a for profit. It's not a corporation. It's not an LLC. These women are giving all of it back to the community.
0: Awesome. Now let's get into Citizens for LNG and Energy Day coming up at the state capitol on february 22nd
1: yes we're very excited you know one of the greatest things that we can do um, is use our ability to have our vote and our voice be heard year after year and you know alvin i cannot stress how important it is that we get involved at that level to help our elected officials that we send to Austin to hear our voice. You know, that's one of the privileges that most people around the world don't have, and we are lucky enough to have it here in the United States and Texas. Certainly, we enjoy our voices being heard with our elected officials. So the date we go is February 22nd, and we are going to go down there and advocate that we support energy, We know that it provides millions of jobs and billions of dollars in revenue to the state. And how important it is right now when you think about the fact that because oil and gas permitting and processing has been down, unfortunately has also had an impact in a negative way on our overall budget for the state. And when we understand that everything that we do, there is a component of oil and gas that really can benefit or not benefit our state in a way that uh, you know, affects us all, uh, it's not a good thing. And so we need to go down there and talk about to our elected officials that we get it and we understand that um, you know we, we need these jobs here. They're high paying jobs and we need to support the expansion of LNG. Um, it goes back to remember a year ago when we were sitting in here trying to get the repeal ban that had been in place for 40 years. We couldn't export uh, natural gas and now that's a reality and uh, it provides great resources for us.
0: Absolutely, and it sounds like it's going to be really exciting and an inspiring event that you're going to want to be a part of. Remember, you you can find more details and more information about this at energyday.shalemag.com or simply go to shalemag.com and click on the Teak tab. Kim, it's about time that we check in with our resident energy expert and associate editor of Shale Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Hey, David, um, you know, I want to jump in because we have a limited amount of time and a lot of things to cover. Um, I want to start at a state level, though. You know, we only meet every two years, so every piece of legislation that comes out of Texas is just vital pertaining to oil and gas. And there is something that is on the table right now pertaining to the uh, CNG uh, fill-up stations and and, uh, grants. So it's called T-E-R-P. Tell me a little bit about what that is. Well, the TARP
2: program is the Texas Emissions Reduction Program that was created uh, back in the 1990s uh, to help fund efforts to reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions in the state of Texas. And in the 2011 session, uh, a bill was passed that uh, actually tapped a part of that fund to, to provide grants to businesses that wanted to build compressed natural gas filling stations to you know, incentivize people to to buy natural gas powered vehicles, which run cleaner and, and are cheaper to, to operate uh, for the driver. And so uh, in the five years since that bill went into effect, uh, we've gone from having five CNG stations in the state of Texas to 81, and uh, wow. it had a five year term on that program, and so there's an effort going on to renew it for another five years.
1: You know, I think that's necessary when you think about that a lot of these are those big uh, trucks that use diesel. And, and so if we, we can change them into a cleaner burning, plus it's cheaper. So uh, companies save a lot yep. of money. So it's just better for the environment, better for all of us. Um, and so this is a really good bill that uh, hopefully extends those grants so we can continue to put uh, more than just, uh, you know, 80, a little over 80 stations all over Texas. So we'll see more of that. Um I want to move into federal as well. We have a lot of uh, different things happening. One that really just hit the media not too uh, long ago is uh, the approval for the Dakota pipeline. So start uh, there. Let's talk a little bit about what has happened at this point uh, and where do you see us going with now the reversal of the pipeline, the Dakota pipeline?
2: Sure. So uh, uh, Tuesday the Army Corps of Engineers notified Congress and the District Court that uh, it would be granting the easement uh, for energy transfer partners to complete that pipeline, uh, which has to go under a lake up there in North Dakota, and uh, so they needed an easement from the Corps of Engineers. Uh, So uh, that project will be allowed to move forward, uh, and the question is going to become what kind of a confrontation are the protesters willing to mount uh, who are still up there? Um, there were about 300 of them up there at the first of the week, and uh, the, environment, you know, the uh, conflict groups here are funding it. The protests uh, issue the call for action for more people to come in. And uh, at the same time, the state of North Dakota has asked the federal government for help in clearing everyone out of the site, and the, the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe has been asking everyone to leave since December. And so, um, it's sad. It's really sad. The place is filthy. There's there's tons and tons of trash. These, these protesters have been using open open latrines uh, as bathrooms in a floodplain that drains into the body of water the tribe uses for drinking water. And uh, it's a real ecological disaster waiting to happen if they can't clean that site up before the ice starts to thaw here in the spring and, uh so uh, it's a really bad situation developing up there.
1: So let me get this straight. They're basically, the the protesters that are there to help have, are causing a lot more damage to the environment than what they're actually there for protesting.
2: Right, and, and they've been up there for six months. They've, they've raised millions of dollars, by the way, online to support this protest. And yet it's the county and the tribe that are having to do all the cleanup. And the protesters are doing everything they can to interfere with the cleanup efforts, and so it's it's really a disgusting situation.
1: I saw that on Facebook, and I mean, you're talking about a massive amount of trash, and it's just unbelievable that environmentalists they're they're saying that they are there for the environment uh, are not even able to pick up after themselves and causing an environmental nightmare themselves. That is just absolutely uh, un- unacceptable, um, Alvin. Let's, talk, let's change subject just a little bit.
0: Yeah, David, a question I've got. The, the oil industry seems to be rebounding. The, uh, the markets are just blowing up. I mean, we're record numbers in the stock market. How is a strong dollar and a strong market going to o- affect the price of oil on, on the world market? Let, let's talk about that. Unpack that for me.
2: Well, that's a great question. You know, so, so oil, crude oil as a global commodity is always priced based on U.S. dollars. And that creates a situation where any time the dollar gets stronger against other currencies, the price of oil tends to go down because it takes fewer dollars to buy oil from other countries. Uh, And then when the dollar gets weaker, the price of oil, you know, puts pressure on the price to rise. So since the election, I mean, we've seen the the Dow go from 1850 to over 2000, and the dollar has strengthened at the same time as the you know OPEC and Russia did their uh, deal to limit exports, and so that strengthening dollar has really kind of dampened the effect of that limit on exports. The price has gone up, you know, to over fifty-one, fifty-two dollars. But had the dollar stayed as weak as it was back in November, that price might be at fifty-five or fifty-six. Now. So it's just an inverse relationship. You know.
0: yeah, take taking all this into account now, if if you were to look at your crystal ball. What do you see the, the energy industry doing for the remainder of 2017? And we've got just about a minute to wrap up.
2: Well, I uh, say, you know, boy, if I knew that, I'd be a very wealthy man. But uh, You know, right now, it looks like we've got a pretty decent situation for the price to at least stay above 50 and maybe even creep on up into the 55 to 60 range if OPEC and Russia continue to adhere to that export limitation agreement. Even if the dollar continues to strengthen, taking oil off the market and eliminating that glut of oil on the market is going to put upward pressure on the price, regardless of what the dollar does.
1: Very, very interesting stuff, David. Once again, we're out of time. We look forward to having you again next week on the show so we can unpack all the stuff that's happening in uh, Washington, D.C., as well as what's happening here uh, at our state capital. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to talking to you again next week.
0: Thanks. I'll look forward to it. David, thanks again for those updates. You know, Kim and I both learn something new and very interesting every week when we get to talk to you here on In the Oil Patch. Right now, though, Kim, let's revisit real quick Energy Day. We've got buses that are going to pick people up in Corpus.
1: San Antonio. San Antonio
0: and take everybody to the Capitol. You're giving away some free prizes and gifts, and it's just going to be a great time. And go to shalemag.com, click on the Teak button. It's free to join. Come with us and let your voice be heard in Austin on Energy Day. Again, that's February 22nd. Mark that in your calendar and go to shalemag.com. Right now, though, we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bilotto, and we'll be right back. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shalemag.com. S-H-A-L-E, mag, Welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, alongside your host, Kim Bellotto. And Kim, very special guest on the line with us today, the newly elected Texas Railroad Commissioner, Wayne Christian. Take it away, Kim.
1: Thanks, Alvin. Yes, once again, we have Wayne Christian. On our show, but this time he is in his new role, which is the newly elected Texas Railroad Commissioner. Commissioner Christian, welcome back to End the Oil Patch Radio Show.
3: Honored to be back with you.
1: So let's begin with a little bit about you and your role. Commissioner, not all of our listeners are familiar with what the Texas Railroad Commission does. So let's start there.
3: Well, thank you again for having me back, Kim. And it's an honor to be with you, and especially speaking to the industry. That's uh, I, I tell my legislative buddies from the past years that I'm that I'm able to visit with now as as the railroad commissioner, that uh, we need to be very careful not to kill the golden goose that laid the egg for us in Texas, and uh, the goose that laid the golden egg. I guess that's correct. But uh, it's it's an honor to be uh, the railroad commissioner and to think that my mom and dad started with a. Inco station in a little rural town of about population 1097, and now to think that I remember pumping gasoline for my dad at that station and washing cars and, and uh, doing the things that a, a hard work a poor family does to make a living, that uh, the good Lord's allowed me to be a commissioner over the greatest industry uh, that I think that's changed planet Earth for mankind the last uh, century and it's an honor to be here. I started as a 1996, my political career started, uh, as a Texas representative from the deep East Texas area along Toledo bend. And, uh, I served the first Republicans in reconstruction. I served three terms, not talking partisan politics, just interesting. I served my first three sessions as the Republican with the most democratic district in the entire legislature. And then, uh, so I served for 14 years, uh, there, as you know, I've served in the Energy Committee at regulated industries, so I understand the value that all uh, gas, coal, that uh, the folks out there working and and doing the hard work bring to the state of Texas. And it's quite amazing what you you learn, and of course, just looking at the entire national economy. When you look back at history, to be able to be a commissioner over the industry that represents the folks, World War II. It was the East Texas Kilgore oil field that produced the was the largest find in history. And during World War II, you read history that we produced for the United States three quarters of the oil and gas that was uh, uh, used during World War II, and was allowed us the victory over the enemy in that time. And I don't think people understand the value of uh, of our fossil fuel industry. And I'm proud to stand up for it, and honored to be in this position now. Uh, maybe from a different area, to speak back to some of my friends over the uh, decade and a half in the House and Senate. And a lot of those guys have gotten uh, to be more important than I ever was back when I was in the legislature. And I'm I'm glad to say that a lot of them are friends, and hopefully we can work together to make sure we do what's right for Texas.
1: You know, Commissioner Christian, you're right. Energy is one of the most important resources that we have. And the Texas Railroad Commission Agency has three elected commissioners, you being the most recently elected, Each of your roles are to regulate the oil and gas industry, but also provide the citizens the reassurance that you are watching the operators to ensure that the resources are being pulled out of the ground in the most environmentally friendly possible way. So let's talk about the agency as a whole. You guys do a lot. You don't just do permitting. So tell me, what is the responsibilities the Texas Railroad Commission oversees?
3: Well, of course, the mission, I think, of the, the Texas Railroad Commission is to prevent waste and pr- protect correlative rights, and that's to let that divide. But above and beyond that, we need to make sure we have uh, the evidence to protect the citizens of Texas. That's that's the number one job in anything, and what is sad is I believe we have allowed some of the uh, extremist organizations to lay down the the unreal fact – that there's something dangerous that we polluted the environment, and the the truth is, for 125 years, the Texas Railroad Commission has. Of course, we all make mistakes, but we have pretty well policed an industry, and the industry has led the way as we have allowed from the Texas Railroad Commission, uh, and we have cleaner air in Texas, cleaner water, cleaner resources, and largely because of the free market companies out there, the the people hardworking folks that have cleaned up that. The one thing that the uh, Extremists have not ever factored in any of their theories from the time Jimmy Carter said we had eight more years left and need to turn the thermostats up to Al Gore getting funding and deciding he's going to tell everybody that internal combustion engines were a thing of the past come 2017. Uh, what's amazing is that we have, have cleaner air, cleaner water, cleaner everything, and it's because of the uh, uh, fossil fuel industry and their responsibility, and the Railroad Commission is the protector when there's a bad actor. Our job is our our staff out there across the state of Texas identifies that bad actor when reported, and we make sure and do the cleanup or make sure the regulations are put in place that make sure and police that consistently across the state of Texas, and the Railroad Commission has done that.
1: And so the Texas Railroad Commission has a very large job. It is protecting the community. Like you were saying, through fossil fuels and the resources we have, we have been able to actually clean our planet instead of making it dirtier, like a lot of people think. A lot of people tend to not think about the big picture, like what do we use these resources for? The energy industry helps us save lives. It, it powers hospitals and vehicles, air conditioning, uh, heating, all types of different things that we tend to take for granted.
3: There's no doubt. that, And and what is great is the staff here at the Railroad Commission. And I look at it as we are pretty well, uh, you have, of course, I use a, uh, I'd say as we're familiar with the sales department in any business. And I think that's the retail marketplace, the people out there that are trying to uh, do the free market work. And our job at the Railroad Commission is pretty well the the processing department. And if we're able to process the permits, process the rules, uh, oversee it, protect the public, make sure the bad actors are caught. That's basically our responsibility, and we are pretty well the, uh, the oversight organization that makes sure we can effectively get the permits, make sure the good guys get their chance and the bad guys get out of the way. And, uh, for 100, again, for 125 years, we've been the, I think, example on planet Earth for having done it more times right than wrong. Nobody's perfect, and we'll continue to try to oversee it, but that's part of it. Oil and gas prices across the state. Natural gas, we we approve or disapprove some of those most of those rates. The pipelines, uh, which for uh, every uh, 100 miles or so of of pipeline, a lot of people aren't familiar. It takes about 1,500 18 wheelers off the highways that are more dangerous to our communities than are the pipelines. The safest way to to uh, transport that energy, and we regulate those pipelines in the state of Texas. So it's a great. Great commitment. It's a great responsibility that I uh, am humbled to have, but hopefully we can just continue the work that Texas and the free market workers out there have done and the, the companies and the independents and allow them to make Texas what they've already made Texas, the leader now in the world of energy production.
0: Well, Commissioner Christian, when we get back from the break, I want to get back into what the Texas Railroad Commission is working on right now. But we do have to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellotto. And you know what? We'll be right back. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, shale mag mag.com Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey here with your host, Kim Bilotto. And Kim, we've got the newly elected Texas Railroad Commissioner Wayne Christian on the line with us today. Take it away.
1: Thanks, Alvin. Commissioner Christian, before the break, we were discussing the roles and the duties of the Texas Railroad Commission and what it's responsible for. What I would like to ask you now is when you get elected, um, what is the term time for a commissioner? And also, what are you hoping to accomplish during your time at the Texas Railroad Commission?
3: Yes, the term is six years for a railroad commissioner. It's one of the longer Uh, thankful positions after serving seven sessions in the Texas House and every other year you run, I find it quite a relief to be able to maybe get a job done in a term that allows such. So there's six-year terms, they rotate rotated every two years, a different commissioner is up for re-election, so it's constantly rotating the opportunity for citizens to discipline or reward their elected officials here. So it's it's a representation from the public. Uh, Having arrived here, of course, during session, I'm quite familiar that for the next Uh, five months, number one issue priority is funding uh, that everybody fights for up here. The challenge right now is it looks like the Senate has an 8 percent decrease in the Railroad Commission's budget as compared to the House with a 4 percent. And so it's going to be a matter of how do we convince our uh, legitimately conservative legislators in the state of Texas that it's responsible to fully fund the Railroad Commission so that we can properly regulate Protect and allow the free market to operate in the uh, biggest industry that represents one third of the retail, one third of the retail, or industry jobs in the state of Texas. All one third are either directly or indirectly from oil and gas and fossil fuels in Texas, and we need to make the the uh, legislators understand that,
0: Commissioner. My question would be. How does the Railroad Commission plan on doing more with less, especially on the heels of, of gosh, $45 billion in oil and gas development in Corpus Christi alone right now? And and we're on the heels of also having the export ban lifted and the price of oil and gas is up. How do you do more with less?
3: You ask a lot of the folks listening today to tell their industry professionals and any of the politicians that are in the big dome over there where I used to live— Uh, of the importance of not pulling back on an already uh, uh, strained regulatory commission and to make sure that we're able to permit, watch over, protect, and expand the free market system. You know, we've we've just had the largest find of oil in the history of the United States announced by the Energy Department in Midland. 20 billion barrels. And we we all of a sudden, the New York uh, national media is saying that the Texas Railroad Commission, because of the problems with OPEC, will soon be the most important regulatory agency on planet Earth. Those responsibilities are tremendous. And with the Trump administration, uh, that on one day have Al Gore and Leonardo DiCaprio visit him in Trump Tower and the next day appoint as the EPA commissioner, uh, the attorney general of Oklahoma, who has fought the EPA, these are such exciting opportunities that I don't want us to miss to make sure that we reestablish Texas as the uh, leader in, in planet Earth of oil, gas, and coal, and the opportunities the public needs to understand. And currently, our legislators don't need to pull back on the funding because we have these opportunities.
1: Well, you know, Commissioner Christian, we do have Teak Energy Day coming up on February 22nd, where we're all going to be in Austin talking to our elected officials as individuals coming from different parts of the state to discuss really how important energy is from a business sector. Mm -hmm. We want everyone to understand the regulatory bills that are coming out this session so we will all be mindful that regulatory agencies like the Texas Railroad Commission have a rippling impact not only to the energy sector, but also to the state of Texas and even the U.S. as a whole.
0: Well, Kim, Commissioner, we do want to get into that, but first we've got to take a quick break. My name is Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellotto and you are listening to In the Oil Patch. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the k Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? and I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always gonna get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656 and let's talk. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656, again, 830-480-3656, or you can always email me. A Bailey at KaligAuto.com. That's A Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y at Kalig, K-A-H-L-I-G Auto A-U-T-O.com. I look forward to seeing you down the road.
4: AirJet's global cargo network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. With over 40 years of experience in the energy industry, we will help drive your excellent performance shipping general cargo, oversized, heavy lift, hazardous material, or mission-critical cargo? AmeriJet is your full-service logistics provider, offering air charter, airport-to-airport, cross-border trucking, and express shipping. AmeriJet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S. with more than 625 destinations worldwide. We provide global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Your company will benefit from compliance with the highest safety and environmental standards, 24-7 security and surveillance, and online tracking. Let AmeriJet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. For the best in customer satisfaction, AmeriJet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call AmeriJet at 281-617-2187 or visit us at AmeriJet.com. Once again, that's 281-617-2187 or visit us at AmeriJet.com. Join TEAC, the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition, as we travel to the Texas capital to support energy and meet with legislators. The energy industry supports our local and national economy, and now we want to support it. Show your support of energy in America by joining us for the Citizens for Energy Day on February 22, 2017. To sign up and attend, please visit teac.shalemag.com. That's T-E-A-C dot S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G dot com. We'll see you at the Capitol. The Women's Energy Network National Conference is coming up on April 26th through the 28th. This national conference brings together nearly 500 participants from across the country from multiple disciplines in the energy industry. The conference will showcase relevant and timely topics around the theme energy resilience, refueling innovation, impacting energy professionals in the marketplace and the workplace. This is a great opportunity to connect with experts to increase your knowledge and transform your career while maximizing your contributions at work. The conference will offer a wide range of sessions to reach professionals in varying career stages, including executive-only tracks, continuing education tracks, and an exclusive mentoring circle. Companies and organizations in attendance will include FERC, Shell Oil, ComEd, ExxonMobil, Southern Company, Williams, Targa Resources, and many more. Be sure to mark your calendars for April 26th through the 28th, 2017 in Houston, Texas at the brand new Marriott Marquis. Registration is coming soon, but you can definitely get details at womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston, click on the events tab and scroll down to the 2017 Win National Conference link.
0: And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bilotto and our special guest today on the phone with newly elected Texas Railroad Commissioner Wayne Christian. Kim?
1: Thanks, Alvin. And how exciting because if you remember, we interviewed him and boy, he was in a tough fight for this position as running for the Texas Railroad Commission last year. And, of course, he came out on top, and now we're able to interview him as one of the three Texas Railroad Commissioners. Yeah, and,
0: you know, we, we, we talked about it when we were interviewing the different candidates for the Texas running for Texas Railroad Commission, and Commissioner Christian was the clear choice the whole way.
1: Yes, absolutely. We're glad that he won the battle and got elected. So, Commissioner, before the break, we were discussing the importance of us understanding the impact that the Texas Railroad Commission has made. But how much of the oil and gas revenue comes and bleeds into the state coffers and then is utilized in a year like this, where we're clearly having a deficit issue because we're not drilling as much oil? So let's make the case on how all these intertwine together, please.
3: Well, of course, a lot of people aren't aware that the Texas Railroad Commission uh, oversees the the regulation on the oil and gas industry, which Totally funds one hundred percent the emergency fund called the rainy day fund to help in in years where you might have problems there might be earthquakes or floods or whatever the nature gives gives us or there's there's budget shortfalls that legitimately can be used and of course they can debate on another program over in their business when it's proper or not proper to use the emergency fund, but frankly, it's kept Texas afloat many years and sessions that they didn't have the dollars coming in for all kinds of reasons, but a 100% of that rainy day fund comes from oil, gas, and coal. The other thing is if they are talking about cutting the funding to the Railroad Commission by eight percent, as has been presented, right now is the greatest opportunity in the history of the state of Texas to bring back what, since 1981, we have not, as a nation, produced enough oil gas to take care of our own needs. We are now back to being energy secure, and the world is turning their eyes back. The Texas Railroad Commission is the longest living authority over that fossil fuel worldwide. What an opportunity for the state of Texas. Short term, of course, the goal is we need funding and to take and and take the money away from oil gas and the processing of our companies out there and our independents and our big companies in Texas to come back when we have good Lord has given us the opportunity to be the largest producer again in the world, mostly out of the state of Texas. I'm thinking the opportunities are too great for us to cut back now because you are literally strangling opportunity for our generations ahead. And we've got to get our legislators to quit thinking, as we are sometimes uh, innocently guilty, I'll say, of thinking so short term, like what's going to bounce the budget this session? What's happening this session? And understand that we are just interim stewards of this government, me and my position, the legislators in theirs. And we need to look at what's best for our children, our grandchildren, the future, and sometimes that decision how to do it may not pay off for us today, but it's the investment that we're irresponsible not to take for the long-term future of our, our state.
0: Commissioner, we expect our elected officials to be responsible and, and also good stewards of our tax dollars, but let's dig a little deeper. And, and what does cutting funding to the Texas Railroad Commission really look like? What's that going to feel like? What effects is this going to leave if they, if they cut you back by 8%?
3: Well, of course, we can't go forward with the developing new computer programs and uh, the things that the commission has been very responsible the last few years of trying to correct. Uh, perhaps years of irresponsibility on managing the computer systems here, which allow the permitting. They've legitimately been able to decrease that time weight, which which costs thousands of dollars every day to those people waiting for those permits to be issued. We now are getting in pretty good condition on those. And if you have uh, another warning flag that you need to look for is not only the funding of the budget to raise or cut it and cut it by 8% or so, would be very uh, harmful to the to the entire oil and gas industry in texas and our ability to regulate it and provide what's needed to keep it going the the other thing that it, you have to look for and I, as a legislator i've seen this over the over the last decade and a half is be very careful for your people out there to look for fees texas we're we are very bad uh, about uh funding our pet projects or funding legitimate needs where we can go home and say, I didn't vote for a tax increase or for cutting the budget by 8%, but while we're not looking, they inject more fees on our industry, which is still government dollars coming out of private enterprise into the, I mean, dollars out of the private market into government, which again, cripples our industry. And fees are a flag I would encourage everybody out there to look at when they look at the budget, not just be defaulted, they they give us back 4%, but they took away at the same time certain fees that they're going to have us charge, which winds up a a washout.
1: Very interesting. Well, I want to change gears just a little bit. You know, one of the things that's happening right now is we just witnessed the Dakota Access Pipeline protest at a time when we were changing administration. And as a result of that, there were protesters in the Midland area um, and the Permian Basin, and I just want to get your thoughts on why they came all the way down here. But we do have to take a quick break.
0: That's right, Kim. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, alongside your host Kim Balotta, with our special guest, Texas Railroad Commissioner Wayne Christian. We'll be right back. Great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired to the time they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, Trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your employees' health care needs, health care that comes to you. Call 1-866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bilotto. And Kim, we've got the newly elected Texas Railroad Commissioner, Wayne Christian, on the line with us today. Take it away.
1: Thanks, Alvin. Commissioner Christian, before the break, we were discussing the protesters that have shown up in the middle in Odessa area, who came all the way down here from the Dakota Access Pipeline. So what is your take on these individuals, and how does the Texas Railroad Commission respond to these types of events?
3: Well, I don't think they know what they're protesting. They're just hired to protest by some groups. And, of course, they've got a lot of time to do with because Obama has increased the uh, Government support and subsidies to those, to many of those people, to where they now don't have to work for a living. We've quadrupled the food stamps, we have uh, gone every direction we can, and there's not enough time to go into all that. But long story short, it's not the working folks that show up. Everybody's got a job, is out working, and these folks are showing up from all across the country. What's interesting is why are they coming to Texas? And again, it's back to because the good Lord gave us some resources to be able to profit. Our, our free market capital system to give more opportunity for the future for our children and grandchildren, that we need to make sure that we stand up for and do consistent, predictable scientific uh, information to use. And these protesters come down, many of them bust in, literally in groups, uh, to go march and be seen on TV by a media that is absolutely, as our president calls them, the evil media. That's a presidential quote that uh, they are distorting the truth. And quite frankly, we have allowed our university uh, professors and a lot of our uh, our tax dollars pay for over the last several decades to convince much of our population and legislators that there's something evil and wrong and dirty about oil, gas, and coal. And what's absolutely the truth is that we have fought to make lives for people longer, more healthy. We've controlled a lot of the environment, which is not friendly. If you stand out in open space, you'll get froze to death, burned up, Uh, starved death by droughts or frozen in winter or other things. And we have, through the oil, gas, and coal industry, utilized the natural resources the good Lord gave us, especially in Texas. So long-term, we've got to stand up and kind of change the minds of our public. But these folks are coming in, and the scary thing is they have the time to protest. Right now, when you start removing these government checks that they're now enjoying to be able to protest, they may scream louder, and it scares me of civil violence as we've seen in some instances and that's a that's a frightening thing coming before us if we start taking them off the government dole and offering them jobs instead.
1: Well you know that would be interesting to see. There are so many Americans that are not working right now and it's it's just the climate from this last that the last administration created. I also wanna talk to you about the EPA. You know, there is a lot of information out there about the Obama administration working closely with green organizations So they would sue, the administration would not meet the deadlines that they had in front of them, and many people wondered, was this by design? And then, of course, when you are late on your deadline, there is always a price to pay, and so these green groups would not only receive millions of dollars, but also other perks in lieu of that, like a modification or a change, and looking at the EPA and them having to change regulation They would always give them something and then give them something a little more. It's interesting to see how President Trump is going to monitor this department and how the EPA will function over the next four years. You know, something else I feel is worth mentioning is if you have a plastic plant or chemical plant and they are coming to the United States and spending billions of dollars constructing their plants, and we have a great regulatory agency like the Texas Railroad Commission to help the plant comply with environmental guidelines and regulations, then you have the EPA trying to shut down the operation so the plant starts looking overseas to a potential site to set up shop without any kind of regulation. And then this becomes a problem for the world. So essentially what the EPA, along with these green movements, organizations are doing by forcing these types of operations. Uh, Operations are leaving the United States, and in turn, they're going to uh, other areas of the world that have absolutely no environmental standards in place. And you have to think about it in the big picture that this has the potential of producing a worse environmental impact on the United States and the rest of the world. So, um, you know, the United States has always led the way in trying to provide resources that we need or we will die, but in the most uh, effective and environmentally friendly way. Um, and other countries typically tend not to do that uh, to the, the way that the United States does in, in taking care of the environment and looking out for that best interest Every
3: every industrialized country on planet Earth is cleaner than every unindustrialized country. I mean, it's just fact. The past 150 years, global warming, which was sold by our president and Al Gore and uh, everybody, Kerry, everybody, global warming for 150 years equals, by fact, 1.44 degrees centigrade Fahrenheit total, okay? So it's a myth. Do we have global warming? Yes. Is it catastrophic going to harm society? Not at the current rate. Do we have uh, uh, will we have these other problems they're having? Certainly they're there. But then you take has has, oil, gas, and coal. The industrial revolution benefited mankind more than it has harmed it. And I contend that lifespan in 1900 was forty was forty five years of age It's now seventy five. We have cleaned up the environment. It's cleaner here because we've made it cleaner. But that's not what we come to believe and have allowed to be sold to our children and to ourselves. Right now, the estimate minimal under federal properties of oil, gas, and coal is over $50 trillion. So how do we pay off a national debt of $20 trillion? Allow oil, gas, and coal to be produced, and you'll see us uh, eventually pay it off.
1: Well, Commissioner Christian, it's been great having you back on the show this week. We wish you well and hope that your agency doesn't see a cut in funding anytime soon. Thanks for being a guest on today's radio show, and we'll talk to you soon.
3: Hey, thank you so much. Honor to be with you.
0: Commissioner Christian, thank you once again for being on the show today. And congratulations, because you get to be the topic of today's trivia question. Hey, be the first person to email the correct answer to this question to radio at shalemag.com. Again, that's radio at shalemag, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And you'll win a $75 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao Brazilian Steakhouse. Kim, what's today's trivia question?
1: Alvin, today's trivia question is, how long is the term of a Texas Railroad Commissioner? Be the first to email the correct answer to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And you will win a $75 gift certificate to Fogo de Chão Brazilian Steakhouse.
0: Kim, as always, great show today and look forward to next week's show with you. Be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch radio show and we're on Twitter at shale mag. And until next week, adios. In the oil patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Balato, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts. elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.